Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody, what's up? What's up? Yeah. What's up is uh, we are continuing along our way on the uh, London Pride. We're talking uh, Fuller's ESB on the previous show and this kind of a continuation show where, uh, you know, uh, Fuller's, they do a a party guile brewing, which we're going to hear about from uh, Neil Spake coming up in a a bit, uh, where they, they, they do the ESB and then they do the London Pride apparently from the same mash, so... Uh, we're going to hear about that. We're going to taste Chad's uh, clone example. That was his, pardon me, challenge. Uh, tasting lots of good beer here. It's good yeah. English beer here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a rarity. I usually have, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of good beer, but, yeah. you know, that English character, a lot of, a lot of times we don't uh, have access to that. So, uh, speaking of having access, you can have access to uh, Mr. Tasty McDole. You've got uh, some uh, some road tripping coming up. Well, I do have an event in St. Louis on uh, June 23rd, the week after the uh, National Homebrew Conference. I'll be at uh, Shafley's at, uh, I think it's at 7 p.m., yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'll be down in the cellar. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're allowed to bring homebrew down there. We're going to be down there a couple hours, and then we're going to cut the homebrew off and go upstairs and... Uh, you know, buy some pints and you know, patronize uh, Shafley's and uh, cool. buy some of their beer. You're going to have your beer there? I'll have some homebrew there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll All send right. some in and uh, we'll do some homebrew topics and uh, you know, a few things. Talk about the conference, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What day is that after the conference? How many days so, after? Uh, Wednesday. So, uh, the, oh, so you got some recovery time. Yeah, I need recovery. Good. Time. Yeah, I don't have enough, but I have some. Yeah. Let your liver bleed out your penis. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Careful, that gets happening this, today. <laughs> I can't, you don't see me moving too fast, yeah. I'm afraid something's going to happen. That's why Tasty oh. brought his own chair today. Yeah, I'm wearing a diaper, too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Depends. <laughs> but I'm on, yeah. Depends I I, on what? I either caught a cold or I snorted so bad I got stripped. I got a sore throat. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> or something else got jammed out your throat. <laughs> Who knows what those guys were doing to me when I. <laughs> Once you passed out. I, no, Once I didn't you pass, pass out, out I you know. Took, I didn't. Have, I didn't have my shoes on when I went to sleep. In fact, I didn't have anything on. Actually, this is the whole thing about having a beard. You see, you see. I figured a long time ago, you know, back you know the whole Neanderthal, you know, becoming you know uh, the, the human uh, nature. Yeah. Now they used to be a lot more flexible way back when. That's where, where facial hair came into play. Oh. You see, you had the facial hair, which. 
acted a lot as a kind of like, and you notice how facial hair is very close to like what pubic hair is like, right? Especially you see some guys like like JP. I mean, uh, that face is like you know, like a twat ready for action. I hadn't noticed. It, well, and, and I don't so, know what you're talking about. And so, and so uh, you see, and people were much more flexible back then, right? And so men, you know, they had the facial hair, they had the flexibility. And they spent a lot of time back in the cave, you know. All right. Well, the, 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 <laughs> trying to follow. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, survival of the fittest. The first guy who wasn't very flexible, he went out and started like you know gathering food and uh, you know making better shelter, inventing fire, the wheel, the the car, the MP3 player, all that stuff. Right. You see, <laughs> because he had a lot more time on his hands once he wasn't so flexible and didn't have a beard. So that's how you leads to modern. <laughs> we got the modern man. Uh, I was expecting a big ending like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you read your history books. I believe books. you. Yeah, you it's know, a history according uh, to Jimmy. Uh, this is this is this is fact. This no, isn't I, just you I know. What you're saying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Notice Jamil doesn't have a beard. No beard. No. And why I am getting all this work done. You're out And the four things. of you all with beards, <laughs> if you were flexible, you guys would get nothing done. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you were able... <laughs> You're lucky that we're, no, we're not right? flexible. Right. Yeah. If you had the flexibility of uh, Neanderthals, you, you'd be, you know... Busy. And some of you guys, yeah, exactly. A little too busy. <laughs> you'd be like, ah... Hey, are we going to do a show? No, I can't do a show right, right. now. We'd never want to leave the slurp, cave. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see. Yeah. How do we get on this subject? I don't know. Yeah, you tell me. Facial hair. You're going to like say something about my beard, I think, or something. Oh, You said I was a Neanderthal. That's what it was. <laughs> it's something about your throat oh, being yeah, sore. Right. Throat. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. God. Ah, another show down in the crapper. So uh, I heard you. Have, where are you going to be? You're going to be uh, all over the country in uh, June. I understand. I am. I'm. I'm actually leaving uh, Friday for or Saturday for New Zealand. I'm going to spend a, oh. a couple of nights in Auckland, uh, the seventeenth, uh, eighteenth of May in Auckland, and then nineteenth uh, through the twenty third in Melbourne. And then uh, I'm off to uh, June 4th and 5th. We're going to do the long shot in San Francisco, in the Bay Area right. somewhere. Back for that? Okay. And Peter Simon's coming out for that. And then oh, yeah, we're, we're loading up the uh, the Popemobile. Well, great. And we're going to swing through Salt Lake and Reno. And we're going to go uh, Denver and all over the place. Through Kansas and up through Iowa and uh, all the way to Minneapolis. And I'm going to spend like eight days. And if you get a chance, come on out. One of the great things, uh, and, you know, the reason why Tasty mentioned, you know, where he's going to be, we want you guys to come out. We want to say hi. We, uh, you know, the whole, one of the greatest things about doing these shows and being on the Brewing Network is meeting, uh, you know, people just exactly. like us and, yeah. and, you know, knowing that we're not alone out there. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, it's not at all anything about, like, anybody come out to give us pats on the back and things like that. No, no. We genuinely enjoy meeting home brewers. Yeah. And talking about home brewing and uh tasting tasting beer. Tasting their home brew. So bring, yeah. Yeah, bring some beer. Yeah. Uh you know, I don't I, I appreciate the offers of buying commercial beer. Great. Yeah. I'd like to try try beer at places I haven't tried before, but I'd like right. to try some home brew too. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you guys are, are brewing some great beer. So uh it's really enjoyable. And some of the best beers I've ever had 
homebrews. You know, some yeah. guys like, oh, you know, it's all right. Uh, you know, Matt Staley down in uh, in, in Los Angeles. My uh, Disneyland connection. Me and JP, our, our Disneyland connection. Yeah, we both love uh, Disneyland. He uh, brought out some beers, and they were really good. And one of them, this mild, I'm like, yeah, that's really good. It was a little, I thought it was a little too hoppy for a mild. It got uh, best of show in the uh, the AFC. Oh, nice! America's well, finest city, which is a big, big, yeah. yeah, it's a tough competition. A lot yeah. of good brewers in that. Right. Uh, you know, best of show beer, and he's like, ah, you know, I think it's all right. You know, uh, I tell you. Good stuff. Yeah, homebrew is always best when the homebrew who made it's right across from you, and you're just uh, exactly. talking about the beer, and he right. hopefully knows some of the recipe and any you know issues you might have had. He can respond to questions you have. Right. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, we did a lot of that down at the Southern California Home Brewers Festival. Right. Yeah. So come hang out with us. Uh, don't cost you anything. Don't don't expect anything other than come hang out with us. Yeah. All right. So uh, like I said, we're doing uh, London Pride. Which is an extension of our ESB show, and, and we'll tell you why in a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna talk to uh, Neil Spake, uh, ScottishBrewing.com, uh, uh, right after this break. And now Northern Brewer brings you another installment of the, the Time Brewers. Three brewers, three different eras, all caught in the same fermento chronological vortex, traveling through time, righting brewing wrongs, and bringing beery wisdom to where and whenever it may be needed. Journey now with Dr. Jean de Clerc. Greetings, listeners. 20th century Belgian super brewing scientist. Please, please, the yeast and the enzymes do the hard work. I am merely a facilitator. Icebach. What, what? 21st century Norwegian-American homebrewer rapper from St. Paul. Listen, listen. I bust attenuation maxims and my yakima magnums make my lager so smooth it's like a laxative. My spit got that static power after I mash for an hour. I got naked ladies in my brew room all covered in hot flowers. I swing a propagation flask like a five liter dick. Get your nasty mid drinking group on us back to 1026, boo! And Brother Abelard. Off that with witch. Be gone! 12th century English monk and perpetuator of brewing superstition. My holy rod of divine bubbling shall maketh any ale to froth by the grace of heaven. And a modicum of bog myrtle hurts not either. Brought to you by Northern Brewer, your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, and equipment with $7.99 flat rate shipping. Tune in next time for more Time Brewers! Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with Jamil. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The How-To Homebrew Beer Magazine. 
Mika, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. You're listening to the Brewing Network. All right, we're back, and uh, we're dealing with uh, Fuller's London Pride. That was a challenge that Chad was given, and... uh, one of the tricky things about this beer, and, and one of the tricky things about Fuller's ESB, <coughs> is uh, that they do a party guile process. Uh, Neil, you were there at the at the brewery, right? And you 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 got a good chance to to tour and uh, discuss how they they do their specific brewing process, right? Yeah, yeah, I had. Uh spent some about 30 minutes with john before the interview that you heard on the esp show mm-hmm. and uh he walked me through the whole party guile process and i'll tell you right now i'm not a party guile expert mm-hmm. but he explained it in terms that i could pretty well understand mm-hmm. and uh yeah after i got through with him i toured the brewery it's just a magnificent old victorian brewery mm-hmm. but as you heard him say they have inside the brewery now they still have some of the old open fermenters and the original coppers but none of them are in use mm. the the brewery itself is state-of-the-art they've got computer control. stainless and yep yeah. stainless steel mm-hmm. but but one point about that that john was real adamant about was they spent a considerable amount of time when they brought that equipment in trying to make sure that the flavors still maintained the same from the open fermentation and all that sort of stuff. So they spend a great deal of time mm-hmm. to, to maintain the tradition. Well, and they still use, uh, like, a dropping tank, right? Uh, not necessarily. Um, you want me to explain what yeah. John, how John explained it to me? Yeah, okay. uh, go ahead and give us, give us the full rundown on, on the process of, of how ESB is brewed, and then, and then they go to the London Pride. 
Okay. Well, one of the, I think one of the confusions confusions that comes up with Party Guile Brewing is prior to sparging, what they did was they would they would mash in, run off that liquor into a copper and do something with it, and then they would refill up the the mash tun, and then run that off into another copper and make separate beers from it, uh-huh. or up as many as four mashings in some cases. Then when sparging started. The, the fuller's process is actually they mash in, they sparge out into the first copper, and once that copper is full, they continue to sparge into the second copper. Mm-hmm. And they blend those two to get all the various beers. Mm-hmm. So the, the basic recipe that you heard in the ESB show and you'll hear here, actually that recipe is used for... Uh, Golden Pride, which is their barley wine that we can't get here. ESB, London Pride. Chiswick Bitter, which is a 3.8 session beer that was Michael Jackson's favorite beer. And uh, and a pale ale, which I've I've actually never had, that must be, is only available in Britain. And that's a 95% uh, uh, British pale ale malt and 5% of a a crystal malt that's around 70 to 80. Uh, Love yeah. a bond or yeah, it's about ABC. yeah seventy five to eighty something like that. Mm-hmm. If love a bond, right? Uh, one the the caller that you had on the ESB show, he mentioned that somebody had been to the brewery and mm-hmm. they used caramel for coloring mm-hmm. and things. Uh, back in the eighties, they did. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually used flake maize in this in these beers, and they used caramel for coloring and some invert sugar. Mm-hmm. Today, they do not. The recipe you heard is exactly what they do, with mm-hmm. the exception. Of John mentioned to me earlier that they they add a little bit of chocolate malt for color compensation. He mm-hmm. swears up and down that it adds nothing to the flavor, doesn't change it, and it's such a minuscule amount. But they use that to adjust the color now instead of caramel sugars. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's there's another little trick right there. A little, uh, tiny bit of chocolate malt, maybe you know fifty grams or seventy five grams or something like that. Uh, you know, in a uh, five to ten gallon batch, probably wouldn't add a lot of flavor, but would definitely add some of those uh, darker hues to it. Now, is, is that in the grist from the get go, or is that like top some sort of top mashing uh, thing in the second in the second? Uh, he wasn't batch. specific about that, but understanding their party guile process, I would say it has to go in in the beginning. beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, one of the differences between. You know the ESB and the London Pride is you know, the ESB is a uh, you know more caramel rich malt rich uh, beer uh, you know it's got more bittering to it but it's a you know a malt rich and a caramel rich beer you get to the London Pride and it's a uh, you know lower alcohol and it's more tannic and it's a, a, a bit of a sharper drier beer and uh, you know the bittering really comes through a lot more. And, you know, I, I think part of that is using more of those later runnings uh, for the London Pride gives you that kind of character. Yeah, a, an interesting thing he said about this process was in the the first copper that they run off that's a higher gravity, mm-hmm. they use two-thirds of their bittering hops in that copper, and they use the remaining one-third for bittering in the second copper. Mm-hmm just to complicate things even more (laughs) and then they basically boil uh both of these uh they they start the other boil first because it's the first runnings is finished it's a 60 minute boil 
not to correct anyone, but yeah. I looked up my notes just well, to see, make that's sure. That's what I was thinking. It was a sixty. Yeah. Yeah. He. It's a sixty-minute boil, and then when it's done, then they mix these various. And the way he explained it to me was like, oh, well, if I need a uh, golden pride, which is their barley wine, I'll take eighty percent of the first copper and twenty percent of the second one. Uh huh. And maybe the ESB or London Pride is a roughly fifty-fifty. And for like the Chiswick Bitter, you don't oh, get. Wait, 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 wait. All right, follow me. <laughs> I I do, but okay. You said the ESB or the London Pride is a fifty-fifty, but that that would not that wouldn't work. All right, so how no, much is the ESB? <laughs> no, I don't know exactly. Okay, he, he yeah, didn't the ESB. So I, I think the ESB is is. Um, so maybe it's a fifty-fifty, and the London Pride is it's sub- substantially different between the two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I wouldn't argue uh, that at all. I right, just right. meant roughly as okay, compared okay. to 80, 80 20 or 90 10. It's somewhere closer in the middle mm-hmm. for the right. both of them. But absolutely, yeah. ESB is richer, it, it has a higher gravity. I'd no be surprised doubt. if the barley wine wasn't 100%. And the. Uh, He's, he claimed that they used part of it. It's, a, it's about an 8, eight or 9% barley wine. I've uh-huh. never actually had it. But. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, and, and and what else did you learn? Um, that's really about it. Other than the the detail that he went through about their fermentation process, mm-hmm. and another significant difference between ESB and London Pride is the firm, uh, hops added in the fermenter in the maturation tank and dry hops for the ESB. Mm-hmm. None of that is done for London Pride. Mm-hmm. There's just a the early charge, and then there's a the remaining charge at two minutes to go, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And right. they're they're using whole hop flowers. Uh, they use a combination of both. I I was up in their hop store and I saw a whole bunch of pellets. So I think they use a mix and probably primarily pellets because they have the whirlpool to help them deal with getting out out before they uh, run it on to the the maturation tanks. Mm-hmm. So when they're doing this uh, this mash, they run the the mash dry into the first copper, and then no, they, they, they add keep, water. No, they keep sparging. They start just like you and I would okay. do. All right, they so start they're actually sparging, fly sparging, uh-huh. and they run it off into Until the copper. Until the copper is full. When it's full, they okay. divert it to the second copper and keep right on sparging. Which is kind of a different way of doing party guile brewing. It is. It, mm-hmm. That's what really surprised me because mm-hmm. that wasn't what I expected to hear from mm-hmm. him. But that's how he described it. Okay. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, so I uh-huh, I think that's one of the reasons why. And I asked him this specific question. I said, "Well, given that you use the same basic recipe, why would I, as a home brewer, need to do any party guile?" And he said, "You wouldn't. If you know the percentage, you know the the alcohol you need to hit." You know all the details about the fermentation, whether you're doing ESB or London Pride. Mm-hmm. You should be able to come close. Uh, you mentioned in the ESB show about, well, maybe the yeast we're using is different. Mm-hmm. It's funny that he made a comment to me. He said, I could give you some of our yeast, and you could take it out of here today, mm-hmm. and you'd get it home in a different environment, and it wouldn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. He was that adamant about it. So right. you're absolutely right. Well, yeah, I, I I think it'd be close enough, maybe for cloning, uh, you know, or, or maybe. Um, but I think, um, you know, 
you know, when he says, oh, if you have the recipe, you should be able to get close. I, I, I think there's a, a big difference in beers from the earlier runnings to the later runnings. The later runnings become more, you know, they, they get more tannins. They get a sharper, drier character to them, and they don't have that rich, malty sweetness and, and, and character to them. All that flavor and color and stuff seems to run out first, and, and that's that, that earlier in that it's a, just a different kind of character. So I'm not sure you can just brew this straight and, and end up with uh, a beer that is that we could call cloned. That's a good point, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, the only thing we need to hash out is how people seem to like your interviews better than mine. I think this is this is uh, this is something I, I'm not sure, Neil, that we can continue. Um, you're gonna have to back off a little you're gonna bit. Have yeah. to, you're gonna okay. have to. You're gonna yeah. have to. You know, mess it up a little bit yeah, here. You know, okay. Justin and I were trying to help you with you know how to yeah. Some longevity. Uh, yeah, we uh, want you to stick have, around a while. How to screw it up enough to to be Brewing Network material. Okay, I'll try to mess it up some more next time. All right, you know, you, for if you're going to keep doing quality like this, I'm not sure if you're you really belong with the Brewing Network. Uh, it's just I just get so enthused about it. I I, 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 I just love it. See, I, that's the problem. Jamil's been doing this now for five years that I don't and, care uh, anymore. Yeah, I should give a shit. And Neil's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is fun." And right, Jamil's right. like, "Oh, great." I used to have enthusiasm. <laughs> Yeah, and Neil, I'm telling you, you know, the enthusiasm's, you know, it's only going to carry you so far. You know, you, you're going to have to uh, start to, you know, really just uh, do 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 just enough. Could you be a little more lackluster? Yes. Okay, I'll try to do that. All right. All right. Well, All right, you're doing great. You know, it's you, all we can you, you work on that, and uh, so uh, now, now we exchanged a list of beers as to uh, you know ones that. Uh, uh, we thought were you know in your in your realm of influence of the globe, and do you have any other you know trips planned to to Great Britain to uh, get us I more don't interviews? Have, or? No, I don't have anything planned as far as doing anything in person. I've started some discussions with uh, Troquare House. Ah, all right, all right. Because I've emailed the Catherine Stewart that that runs it. Uh, mm-hmm. in the past, but I've never really talked to her in detail about brewing because mm-hmm. someone else does the brewing and it's very infrequent. So I've emailed her and I haven't heard back, but hopefully we'll have that for a future show. I know it's a popular, Truck Warehouse Ale is really popular. Yeah, tell if if they need somebody to come over and brew for them uh, on an infrequent basis. I'm, I'm available. I'll come on, come right over and uh, okay, I'll tell knock them out that. a batch or two. You wait till you see their brewing plant. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. It's like like home brewing in stone. Yes. Oh man, it's ancient. It yeah. really is. But how cool would that be? It would be cool. awesome. Yeah, it's be a totally beautiful cool. place, and it'd be great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Neil. I think uh, you've uh, given us a lot of insight into how Fuller's is developing their beers, and uh, we got some still some work cut out ahead of us. But uh, keep keep on doing these great interviews for us. Will do, definitely. I, I appreciate it. I really thank you for giving me the opportunity. Hey, if you're going to let Neil go before we do the tasting, I have a question yeah. for him, even just based off the ESB beer. Uh-huh. Hey, Neil, so I assume uh, sitting there at the Fuller's Brewery, you got to try some fresh Fuller's beer. Yes. They, uh, they give you a pretty much unlimited tasting in their cellar. Great. And they had, they had every one of their beers in cast condition form on tap and... I, I can't describe to you how different it is. The, the, 
Well, describe to me a little, because that's my question. And really all oh. I'm curious about, because there are probably things that, that I, that you, like you say, you couldn't describe to me. But, you know, we talk about this uh, oxidative flavor in the English beers that we get. Mm. And and in some ways, they're endearing. Like, I really, the Fuller's ESB we just had, uh, I really liked it. Uh, is that character in the fresh beer, too? I'd say it's a little, lot more subdued. Okay. Uh, what I usually get is obviously less carbonation than you get in the bottle, which is a much smoother mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. So more of the flavors, it's served at 50 degrees plus Fahrenheit. So the hop character comes right through. It's not so cold that it kills the hop flavors. And in the case of like ESB, the cask is dry hopped. So you're getting you're getting as fresh as you can possibly get it. Right. And now, it's quite different. Now, if you go buy a bottle of Fuller's ESB at your local whatever... Do you find yourself disappointed now that you've had it, or is it still does it hold up enough? No, I think it holds up. Okay, I, I really it it has such a great character that the cask is still king in my mind. Yeah, but uh, but no, it's it's well worth it. Okay, well, and did you have some of Randy the more beer more employee? beer employees uh, ESB? Yes. Okay, so the 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 character on that. Um, is probably a little closer towards you know a fresh uh, English bitter you know served on cask. Okay. The I think Randy, you were saying um, there was a uh, kind of a Venice um, treacly kind of molasses character to the ESB, and some of it is, uh, you know, there's there's some oxidative character to that, which is much stronger. You know, in that bottle product, you, you get it sitting warm on the shelves and mm-hmm. stuff, and 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 that's part of the difference. You know, that's why I was saying when when uh, we were talking earlier about uh, entering that in competition later on, I'm saying, well, you know, if it oxidizes. It just makes it seem more English or more British to a lot of uh, judges. To American judges, we yeah. expect it. Right, right, exactly. Okay. So Now, I'm tasting Randy's now, and just for listeners who, who don't get to taste it, I can see what you're... I can see what you're saying, Jamil, because it has a lot of the smooth malt quality, and also it, now it's been sitting on the desk for a little while. It's lower carbonation, like uh, Neil has been talking about, and without that... Um, Cardboardy, kind of a little, little, little oxidized character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see what I, I guess I can kind of predict what it might taste like from the from the brewery that way. It's right. a good example, right? So I, I don't, I don't think the sample we had of the Fuller's ESP was bad, but I think it does show a little bit of oxidation over mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and you know, in heat, stress, and things like that. And I think it changes the character, right? And that we all start to kind of expect that. But I, you know, once you you've had them over there, and and you know brewed good fresh examples then you're like oh okay yeah this is what it tastes like before it gets to that stage and i've i've had beers that i've entered that i thought were just flawless examples couldn't place in competition and then you know i left left a couple of cases of bottles sitting around and you know entered them a couple of years later and like yeah it's all oxidized and <laughs> nasty now okay now it places <laughs> right like uh all right you know it's, it's yeah uh, it's a tough thing to deal with. See, and I really liked the Fuller's ESB that we had too. I did although too. I could tell, right. I really enjoy it. But I, and that's why I was curious if Neil 
maybe he liked it before he went to the brewery too, and now he comes back and doesn't right. like it anymore. But it sounds like he still it sounds like he still likes it. So yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. So uh, I can't see that changing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, very good. Thank you, Neil. Absolutely. Thanks again. Right. Awesome. All right. Let's take a short break, and when we come back. We'll get into the recipe and uh, wrap up this bad boy. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the beer of the month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army member special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. This month, More Beer wants to introduce you to Ryan Bartow, head of customer service at More Beer. Working at More Beer means a lot to me. There's nothing better than being there where, where everything comes right in. It's a pretty fun job. Here are Ryan's top five More Beer innovations we can't brew without. Yeast starters. I like to use a 5,000 milliliter flask. Uh, of course, you can't do anything without star sand. Pro mash combined with a, a refractometer are always there on brew day. And then, of course, the inline thermometer. It's a new product we're releasing this month. All of Ryan's favorites are on sale this month only. Check out Ryan's picks right now at morebeer.com. Boy, my wish for the people that trust me is, is just that they make great beer as a result. Uh, I'd love to see everybody making a good beer that finishes out. Fermentation is what it really all comes down to. Hurry to morebeer.com for the best innovations and people in homebrewing. Morebeer.com. The cutting-edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Dude. Put some yeah, sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. We're talking London Pride. Okay, so. <clears throat> We've uh, been tasting the commercial example and uh, Chad's uh, clone attempt. Let's see. Who want to start with first? I'll go to Justin. Your take on uh, cloned or not cloned? Go easy. Yeah. Well, Chad's fat. That's my take. (laughs) Cloned. (laughs) Yeah, cloned. Uh, (laughs) Ah. I'm having a tough time with this one, I'll be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. Be honest. I think it's cloned. Now, as I say that, I'm having a tough time because the... um, Well, because I know how young your beer... Because I live here, so I know how you brewed and and how this your your clone, which I think is the smiley face, is is pretty young and is still a little yeasty, is what I'm thinking. Uh, because I think that the malt character is much closer. I think that the color is there, not like on the on the ESB. Um, although it's cloudy again because it's young, but I think it's going to clear up to be the right color. Yeah, I don't know that I'm changing the recipe on this, so I think it's cloned. I think the malt character is there. It's just a little bit masked right now because it's yeasty. That's my take on it. So I so I think cloned. I, I'm I'm saying it's close enough. Okay. Uh, tasty. What's your take on this one? Ooh, it's tasty. <laughs> well, uh, Chad's beer is very good, as it was in the ES- the ESB was very good. Uh, but um, it uh, in the in the finish, it seems a little um, little hoppier. Mm-hmm. It finishes hoppy. Um, which one? Uh, Chad's beer. Oh, huh? the the smiley face. The the frown beer, which uh, is probably the London Pride, uh, still has that nice little. Uh, maltiness uh going on uh especially the crystal part of it uh, it uh, really uh really seems to be in the i find it more in the finish and it's uh, uh and because of that i am getting a uh, just a much uh, you know more uh balanced kind of beer uh chad seems a little bit more uh hop forward in the uh, final finish mm. Mm. so i say not clone sorry what? 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 Damn it! Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, I, I final answer. someday I'm going to plead for votes here. I want to make sure I, I got some. <laughs> yeah. I, want to, I want you to be sorry so, when you say so that. That, clone that too. sorry is is, is really going to help him. Uh, you know, one of the things I 
I learned from this is the differences in people's perceptions. You know, we're all tasting the same beer. We all perceive it slightly differently. We all describe it, you know, differently. Um, you know, Justin's, you know, comments, Tasty's comments, they're all perfectly valid. They're all, you know, hundred, you know, mine are a little, mine like a hundred and one percent valid, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. But That's why you're the pope. You know, they're all they're all perfectly valid, and uh, you know, n- nobody's wrong. It's it's what you've perceived, and yeah. and one of the things you want to take away from this, if you're if you're interested in critiquing somebody else's beer, is. You know, listen to these guys. They're describing what they've tasted, what they're detecting, and, you know, what their opinion is of that as to what they're comparing it against. You know, they're not saying, oh, you did this wrong or this right. It's like, well, here's what I detected. Here's what I detected. You know, and and, and that's really the way to go. And the fact that they're detecting different things, again, nobody's wrong or right. That's what you detected. It's, you know, your own personal, you know, Buffer, and that's why if you're entering competitions, you enter multiple times. You need to get a, a collection of score sheets together and see if there's any trends. Hmm. You know, where everybody's saying, oh, it's way too bitter. If, you know, eight out of 10 are saying it's way too bitter, then it's too bitter. If, uh, you know, it's 50 50, then it's probably just right. Anyways, uh, Randy, the um, more beer employee. Uh, I'm actually uh, more along the lines here with Tasty. I think that uh, both beers are very good. I believe the smiley face beer uh, again just does come off a little hoppier in the finish, uh, and it comes off more grainy to me. It's still missing that uh, that deep, round, rich caramel character, which uh, it is a lot more subdued in the London Pride uh, compared to the ESB. Uh, but it's still there, and and I feel it's kind of missing in that one. I'm going to say not cloned, not cloned. Another, another. And you're not sorry. I can tell. <laughs> another, another kick in the tic tac. Sorry, right about. there. Two to one, though. You still got a chance at a comeback. Still got a chance. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, my take on it is um, the one that I I think was the London Pride, the unhappy face was um, uh, more grain husky tannic uh, kind of character to it. Thinner, drier, uh, sharper bitterness. Um, it, it had that same caramel character that the ESB had, and um, you know it was, uh, you know, I, and, I, and I think it gets that sharpness from uh, you know being spur- sparged more. And I think that's part of the party guile thing. You, you need to, you can't go with too much first runnings. The one with the smiley face had a malty or sweet character to it, which is actually kind of nice. It was actually a little more balanced. <laughs> it was a good beer. Um, but uh, I, I think it lacked that uh, that kind of caramel malt character that the, the other one had. And it wasn't as sharp and, and, and bitter as, as the uh, non-smiley face. With all that said... Because I love you, Chad. I'm calling it clone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chad, your your take on this. You have the final say. Tied up. Wow. Well, I'm gonna put my pride aside here. No pun intended on the beer. Uh, <laughs> nice. I really, nice. you know, I really look at that. It yeah. showcases kind of the nutty qualities of the Maris Otter in the happy face version, mm-hmm. but it also has a little too much of that American biscuit. To it, so that mm-hmm. showcase in the frown face, 
which is the commercial, right. Right. is definitely that more richer caramel note to it, flavor to it. Um, so I'd say not cloned in that regard. Oh, look at that. Uh, Knocked man, himself out. I, I don't, I, you know, I... Takes I, himself out. I pick look up at that. on the sharper bitterness that you're talking about. Um, That's maybe, one thing about Chad. He's, he's totally honest. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't get the guy to lie. And, That's integrity right there. And, yeah. you know, I know what I did in this beer. Um, this beer did have a better uh, ferment, I thought, versus the ESB. Um, so it did finish lower, and mm-hmm. it did kind of get close to what we were shooting for. Um, so right in line with the, what you said, uh, although I think it's not cloned because of that biscuit character, which was also prevalent in the, or, you know, apparent in the uh, ESB mm-hmm. from the domestic. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's a good point, too. And when he talks about it like that, I, I could taste it that way, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. the big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Well. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to have to call this non-clone. But, yeah. So the, the recipe is essentially, you know, uh, very similar to the ESP. And, and uh, you know, they're going with, uh, you know, uh, with a six-gallon batch. You're going to – your starting gravity is going to be about uh, 1048 or 11.85 Plato. SRM of uh, 9, and I've used about 40, uh, 70% efficiency, 95% the British Pale Ale Malt, and 5% the Crystal 75. You're going to need about um, 4.67 kilograms of the uh, the British Pale and uh, 250 grams of the uh, Crystal uh, Upper 70s. And uh, Simpsons, from our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. If you get a chance, check them out, northernbrewer.com. They carry all the ingredients you're going to need for brewing uh, this beer. Uh, well, hard to say on the hops. Uh, 20 grams of uh, Target, 11% alpha acid at 60 minutes. Uh, 18 grams of Challenger, uh, 7.5% alpha acid, 3 minutes. 18 grams of Northdown, 8.5% alpha acid, 3 minutes. And 6 grams of Goldings. Uh, 4.75% alpha acid, three minutes. Uh, you can use uh, the Fuller's yeast, uh, White Labs WLP002, or the Y yeast equivalent. Uh, you will mash at 148 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, it's all the, the same mash. They run it out into various coppers, and then they boil and blend together uh, to get the uh, resulting beers. Uh, same thing as the ESP show. They 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 take that uh, fairly soft uh, London River water and uh, or tap water and uh, burnize it with uh, gypsum. Uh, they start the ferment at 17C, raise to 20C, and that's all I would do. I just start at 17, raise to 20. If you want to hear all the other intricate details, uh, listen back to the uh, interview with uh, uh, Fuller's on uh, the ESB show, and. Uh, uh, that that should uh, get you pretty close. And again, I think it's it's selection of ingredients. You know, you need to source the right kind of ingredients. I think it's expectations, like Justin was pointing out, the difference between you know the bottled product that's you know come in a container ship uh, around the world and sat warm on the store shelves versus fresh of the you know uh, the fresh version. Uh, brewery fresh version and it's also ingredients in its uh process that party the special party guile thing they do it's a tricky beer to clone uh with those things in mind i think that's the difference between um 
why we're sitting at a not cloned on these beers. And I think I think those are the final adjustments to make. And I have no doubt that, that Chad will knock it out at some some point. He's going to give us a, a beer that we're going to say, uh, yeah, I love this commercial example, but yours, uh, you know, not so much. And then he's going to say, no, mine is the one you just called the commercial example. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I will I, do that for you. I have, I I have no doubt. All right. Anything else <laughs> to add on this uh, London Pride uh, brew that you did? I just think it's very important to drive that fermentation. Don't, I mean, as a home brewer, you know, mm-hmm. raise that temperature, like you said. I think that's very important. Right, right. And as you said, the yeast isn't going to pop if you don't finish the beer out. The malt profile is not going to be there. It's right. going to really affect the beer. So drive that fermentation. Um, the water, you know, fairly, I didn't play with too much. Um, yeah, and maybe the hops. Just maybe if you can't get a hold of those target north down, maybe the EKG might be the better route as well. Right, right. Yeah, you also had to do some subbing on that as well. I so. did. Yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. my recipe. Change risk, not changed, but but you know on this one, I, I don't think hops were were that much of an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, so it shows that you know you can sub and and come pretty close. To have a good fermentation, yeah, yeah, fermentation is everything. All right, let's take a short break, and uh, after we come back, we'll answer any questions people have, and we'll generally wrap it up and and call it a beer. Back after this. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers! When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia. Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What ho, friends? A male alewife. I don't know what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah! No, sir! Please, wait! Just a moment! Aye! A package from the future from Northern Poor. Use the Pilsner malt, my good man! And the Sats Hop, sucker! They ain't noble like Queen Victoria, but you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your war caramelize and let Melanodins harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use it thou some bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty-ass bog myrtle back to the dark ages, Brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next, we did. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. Calling all home brewers. Entries for the Samuel Adams Longshot American Homebrew Contest are due May 17th through May 28th. There's still time to get your beers entered. This year, the homebrew contest is all about Category 23, specialty beers. So start being creative and brew up a beer that doesn't fit into any of the traditional BJCP-style categories. Let your creative juices flow and enter your Category 23 homebrew. Here's your chance to have your beer brewed, packaged, and nationally distributed in the 2011 Longshot Package. And four finalists will be awarded a trip to the 2010 Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado, where Samuel Adams will announce the winners. Visit SamuelAdams.com for all the details. Get your bottles in by May 28th. And as always, the entry fee is free. The Samuel Adams Longshot American Homebrew Contest. This year's Longshot could be all yours. 
Have you ever noticed the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and homebrew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. Cash is tighter than a post-it IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers. And that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, Tasty. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, Fuller's London Pride. We had a great interview uh, with Neil Spake. He uh, filled us in on uh, the party gal brewing process at Fuller's Brewery, and we tasted uh, Chad's clone attempt. Wow, it was a great beer. Um, Chad himself said it wasn't cloned, so we're calling it a not clone. We gotta, we gotta do both of those again. Wow, I say we. I say, I say you. <laughs> yeah, gotta do those both again. But. Uh, yeah, not a bad attempt. Yeah, you know, I I thought, felt that was much closer than the uh, the first one. And and again, I think a big difference is, you know, the difference between essentially no sparge brewing or very low sparge brewing on the ESB and your average sparge brewing, which is both of your attempts, and then over sparging a a, a mash, which is London Pride. And I think that's really the difference. And, uh, y- you know, the amount you sparge, that's why I think if you get an excessive amount of efficiency out of a mash as well, I think it tends to start taking on these tannic kind of characters. And, um, you know, it isn't so great. That's why I like to to make all my beers around a 70% and... Uh, you know, not extract so much out of the grain, and you know the beers turn out fairly rich. So I I, I think that's part of the difference. So oversparging is just adding more water. 
Yeah, just keep rinsing sugars out of those grains and rinse sugars out of those grains. And actually, you're you're just extracting, uh, you know, more non-sugar materials, and they tend to that grainy kind of uh, uh, tannic kind of uh, material out of it as well. Especially if you don't control pH, it becomes worse and worse. So I think that's you know that's part of it. And maybe the the thing on this to 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 really clone it is to do what they do and and get several burners, one big mash, and let's run it out into you know three kettles, and boil them all and and do that whole process, uh, and then we'll blend them. That'd be cool. Yeah, that could work. Let's, let's do see it. What, see what happens. We'd have to do three beers, or can we do it two? We can do two. Yeah. We'll throw away the Chis- Chiswick bitter. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think. <laughs> Sounds <here>. good. <laughs> yeah. Trying to think. Well, I mean, hi- okay, you can do it with like my hydrometer because you know the gravity you right. want. No. Uh huh. Okay. Nice. Right, you could, that sounds like fun. Compare. And when we're tasting some some uh, interesting Australian beers here, hmm. it's like a wit beer. Getting you primed up. It smells all witty. Yeah. This is a... Uh, Get the coriander out of that one. Wicked Elf from Spice, the uh, Little Brewing Company in Port Macquarie. Almost smells uh, also kind of like a, the whole chamomile thing. Mm, actually, yeah, maybe that's what I meant. Not coriander, but chamomile. Has that chamomile tea kick. Yeah. Interesting. Fruity. All right. So do we have any questions from the uh, chat room? You know, the only thing that was really being discussed in the chat was... Um, when you described how good Neil was on interviewing, yes, thank you very much. I know <laughs> yeah, that already. They, they did that. <laughs> Sorry, the only other thing besides Neil's great interviewing techniques um, are kind of you describing the bitterness in in the Fullers as a sharp bitterness, um, and because a lot of people uh, sharper who, who have tried it. Well, maybe that's the confusion. A lot of people would mm-hmm. say, "Wow, you know, I'm just I'm." They're really thinking about it because they're not. They would never have used the word sharp bitterness. Um, as compared to Chad's example. That sharper. it was? Okay. Yes. Because uh, I, I definitely... I don't I was, know that I'd characterize it as sharp. Okay. As compared to some other beers, but compared to Chad's, I, I thought it was definitely sharp. I see. Okay. And I didn't disagree, although I just... I said maybe it was just what we were thinking, kind of what you're saying, is that it was just... It was more pronounced... Right, and so that made a that well made you... along with that kind of tannic dryness. Okay, I mean, that beer seems to me kind of dry and sharp. Okay, or definitely more so than the example we're comparing it to. Right. Okay, and certainly no one was arguing. They just yeah, they did want you to elaborate well, on what you meant by that. You know, fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I take it all back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's a good. That's a next that's show. A good Neil's going to be sitting here. Find <laughs> you bastards! Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, that that was it for questions. They just curious about that description. That's all. Okay. Um, so nothing else about the beer. All right. Well, yeah. <clears throat> another great set of shows, and uh, look forward to uh, when we're back in the studio. We are going to have for you a Firestone Gasm. Yeah. Or Ganza. Or it's not a twa because we're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, four. Oh, okay. So Gazmerganza. All right. Or series. We'll save the twa for something else. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, when we come back in, in a few weeks, it's going to be a, a big Firestone uh, firestorm. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and we're going to have lots of great beers for you and, and your favorite Firestone recipes. Yep. Until then, uh, make sure you check out uh, the Brew Network store. We got all sorts of good stuff in there for you. And the bottom line is, you buy that stuff, it contributes to uh, keeping these shows on the air. Check out our great sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. Those guys are awesome, and they have the stuff you need to brew these beers well. Until then, brew strong. And often, suck it tasty. Hey, it's a new company.